Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you ready? Because it's time. The Sunshine Happy Pants Hour is on the air. 
featuring the jack of all trades and master of none, Joel. Does anyone else smell fried chicken? Couldn't have picked a shorter podcast name. That's like a mouthful right there. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sunshine Happy Pants Hour, episode 222. I am your host, Joel, and uh, for some reason, things have magically started working again after recording the uh, Digital Your Homework podcast with Martha and Pete, um, which, if you would like to check that out, uh, that episode will be posted probably by the time this show is up and available tomorrow, which is going to be Sunday. I don't know when they post exactly, but uh, keep an eye out on the feed. I will be posting a link to it as soon as it is available. But um, anyway, as things are working, I figured I might as well just roll right into recording this show. If you are not familiar with me, uh, this is my six song musical podcast where we play six different songs every week. Uh, I like to play new stuff, but uh, lately I've been doing some featured artist shows as well as, um, you know, old songs that kind of had meaning to me in the past. And this happens to be a featured artist show. So this is episode 222. If you can, uh, would like to find me, you can find me on facebook.com, just like a The Sunshine Happy Pants Hour. That's K-P-A-N-T-S. You can also shoot me an email at joelhappypants at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter occasionally at joelhappypants. And um, this show is available uh, about every other week or so on iTunes, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Google Podcasts, and podcastcollective.com. I also do a couple of other shows, uh, 40 Going on 14 with Mike, Pat, and Josh, which is my uh, nostalgia cast where we talk about things then and now. Uh, this week's episode was all about DuckTales, woo, which uh, should be posting tomorrow. Uh, you can find that at 40go14.com, iTunes, Stitcher, TalkShoe, uh, Blueberry, streaming Saturdays at noon on Geek Life Radio, as well as on Facebook.com, uh, Google Podcasts, and Podcast Collective. Uh, send us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com or a voicemail at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Or on Twitter at 40go14. Also, check out the Coffin Joe cast with my brother from another mother, Killer Wilba, which we have been on a hiatus for a couple of months um, as he is dealing with some things right now. And hopefully we'll be back to form at some point soon. But uh, in the meantime, you can check out our archives at CoffinJoeCast.com iTunes, uh, t- Stitcher, TalkShoe, Google Podcasts, and PodcastCollective.com. Uh, find us on Facebook at The Coffin Joe Cast, or send us an email at CoffinJoeCast at gmail.com, or a voicemail, 661-434-5956. That's 661-434-KWJO. I also write for The CreeperCast, uh, which is an online horror movie review blog, which you can find at CreeperCast.com. And uh, there is daily content there, so if you're into horror films at all, that is your place to go. We'd love to have you visit us and uh, check out all the things that are going on there. All the music this week is provided to us by the artists themselves. If you like what you hear, please purchase it directly from the artist. Or um, if you have a local independent record store, please uh, go there and give them your business. If you are in Oak Park, Illinois, on Harrison Avenue, stop by Val's Hella Records. Tell them Joel sent you. Uh, my blog, A Momentary Lapse with Joel.blogspot.com. That is the first place that is updated as soon as the show is available. So if you would like to be the first one to know when this show is out, uh, check the blog. It also gives you a full track list of the songs I played, as well as streaming players directly on the site. So you don't have to download it if you would prefer to listen to it directly through the site. And uh, last but not least, my defunct comic strip, Gregory the Really Angry Robot, you can find on Facebook. Just look up Gregory the Really Angry Robot. Uh, this week's featured artist is Veruca Salt, which if you've been monitoring my feed for the past few weeks, uh, they've been being played a lot. Um, I've kind of switched gears temporarily, but um, 
it's one of those bands that I've been a fan of since the 90s and um, for some reason put their most recent album into my rotation which of course led to digging through their archives of everything that they've ever done and that led to this show so what I've done is I put one song from each uh, release kind of explain as we go but they're in chronological order to kind of show progression of the band which I thought was kind of interesting uh, the first song we heard was Seether uh, which is the one that really kind of uh, thrust them into the limelight I'd say Victrola might be one of the other ones that uh, um, kind of had some weight with them but um the next one i'm going to hear is the morning sad that was off of eight arms to hold you uh, which was incidentally the original title for uh the beatles album i believe for revolver um i'm not 100 percent sure but uh there was a theme briefly where this album and the next vercasalt album were loosely based on um the beatles as far as the titles are concerned, not the music. So anyway, uh, The Morning Sad, Veruca Salt, and uh, we'll be back in just a few. Wake up and talk to me.
right. And we are back. That was The Morning Sad by Veruca Salt. And it's weird. I Going off of one show directly into another, which is not uncommon for me. But um, then, uh, you know, doing my own show, it's got me thrown off a little bit. But I say that a lot. So I'm the self-deprecating host, as it always seems to be. But um, with any featured artist show, especially if it's somebody that we've never done before, I always like to start off uh, kind of familiarizing you with the band a little bit. Uh, Ruka Salt, uh, their American rock indie alternative, I don't know, whatever you want to classify them as. Um, they're out of Chicago, which is kind of uh, near and dear to my heart ever since I moved there to go to school when I was um, in college. Incidentally, which I think I've talked about on the show before, when I first visited Chicago, um, I hated it. I, I, I really, really hated it. And when I decided to go to school there, the motives were primarily because I wanted to stay with my best friend, Matt, and that's where he was going. And I wanted to be a teacher at the time. So I wanted to go to a school that uh, was specializing in education. So that brought me to Chicago and it, it took a year or two to really kind of sink in. But now I, I love Chicago and it, Illinois really has become my home. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, Vrukasal primarily is Nina Gordon and Louise Post. That's who most people think of when they think of uh, Vrukasal. They were founded in 1992. Um, they also um, feature drummer Jim Shapiro and their bassist Steve Lack. And um, they've had other members kind of in and out uh, over the years. But um, like I said, formed in 1992. They're named after Vrukasal, which if you ever um, either read the 1964 book by Roald Dahl, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, or if you saw the 1971 film, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, that's where um, the name comes from, which I won't mention the Tim Burton one, not that it's not a fun adaptation, but uh, that was much, much later after the band had subsequently been formed, broke up and reformed. So kind of um, out, out of context. I don't know where I was going with that, but um, their first album, American Thighs, um, came at a time when American or American, when alt girl rock, indie rock was kind of a uh, still kind of a new thing. There was a, a big push in the record industry while that was still a thing to kind of get as many female bands out there as possible. And my favorite, uh, Juliana Hatfield, um, you know, was with the Blake Babies up until 91 when she released Hey Babe, which came out uh, just before this did. And then the boom happened and it was like, you know, for the next five, six, 10 years, I don't know. It was quite a while. It seemed like there was, you know, as many female bands as they could get out there, they did. And at this point, um, you know, Seattle was still kind of the focal point of music uh, with the whole grunge movement. And um, then as things kind of started to shift a little bit, there was a huge, you know, groundswell from Chicago where, um, you know, the Smashing Pumpkins came from, uh, Veruca Salt, and a whole slew of other bands that kind of came the hotbed for up-and-coming indie and alternative rock. So they were kind of at a, a perfect time to kind of make their mark. And I don't mean in any way to kind of downplay the fact that... Um, you know, they were looking for female artists and that's what made them famous. They were a good band, um, regardless of, of any of the other factors that I mentioned. Uh, they were a solid unit. And over the years, as they progressed, their albums have proved that um, they're just good songwriters, either independently of each other or together. And I think together they make 
uh, much better music than they do when they're apart. And, you know, just like Lennon and McCartney, if we're going to continue on with that Beatles theme, those were two guys that um, on their own made great music, but when they were together, they just something clicked and everything just seemed to work. Uh, so their initial album came out um, in 94, I want to say. I'm trying to check here my facts. Um, then they had a, an, an EP called uh, Blow It Out Your Ass, It's Veruca Salt, which uh, was released in 96. Uh, Eight Arms to Hold You came out in 97. And then Nina Gordon uh, departed ways from uh, Louise Post in 1998, which was a very kind of, um, it was a big deal at the time. Like the, the, it was a very unhappy departure. Um, we won't get into the details of that. That's pretty well documented, but it was one of those things where um, they just, they couldn't get along. So Nina Gordon went on to release her own album and at the same time, then um, Louise Post continued on under uh, the Veruca Salt moniker and released the album Resolver, which again, like I said, kind of ties in with the whole Beatles theme, which that came out in uh, 2000. And at the same time, uh, Nina Gordon released her first solo album, um, which I am drawing a blank at the name of the album at the moment. But um, they were both really solid records, very different. Uh, Nina Gordon's is much more uh, melodic and pretty. And Louise Post kind of took out her anger issues on uh, Nina with Resolver, which the song I'm going to play off of that here in just a bit will kind of be a good summation of what happened at that time frame. Um, but then they reunited and released Ghost Notes, which I want to say came out in 2013. And I keep hoping that at some point they're going to release another album. Uh, my timeline is out of, I'm sorry, uh, 2015 was when that came out. Um, there was another album in the middle there called Four, which I am just looking up now because I forgot about this record. This was before Nina Gordon came on, and I somehow completely missed including this one in my um, playlist here. I think because I got sidetracked, because during that time frame, before uh, Ghost Notes came out, Louise Post started dating uh, Dave Grohl of Nirvana and uh, Foo Fighters. And I chose the one song that I had that they did together off of the uh, Touch soundtrack, which kind of threw a wrench into things, which made me completely forget about uh, four. So I apologize uh, to the fine ladies of Veruca Salt that I missed that album. But, um, you know, at the time I was very much getting into um, female, female singer-songwriters with Juliana Hatfield kind of lighting the fire, Tori Amos kind of taking that torch and running with it, and then going from there. So for me, it was just a, a great blend of, I love guitar rock, big fuzzy guitars are my 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 wheelhouse my obsession my my favorite thing is big fuzzy feedback guitars and so the fact that they had this kind of very melodic kind of verse chorus verse hook um three minute song four minute song thing going on uh along with just the fact that they have great voices that blend beautifully together it all just kind of coalesced into this beautiful kind of epitome of what i wanted in music so I unfortunately have never gotten a chance to see them. A good friend of mine, Tommy the Duck, a.k.a. Brian, he um, had a chance to see them. He was a big fan as well. 
and meet them. <laughs> and there's a, uh, I believe he has a signed something. And I think he has a picture with him, if I'm not mistaken. But um, he had a chance to meet them early on uh, before the, the split happened. And I have to admit, I'm a little jealous. And I, I'm hoping again that uh, if they release another album at some point, that they'll tour. And I haven't gone to see much live music ever since my uh, mental health issues kind of kicked in. Um, being in unfamiliar territory with large crowds doesn't exactly uh, set my soul on fire. So I kind of stray away from those sorts of things. But um, it is one of those bands that I have on my bucket list that I would like to see at some point um, before, you know, they have faded away and have left their music behind uh, for everybody to enjoy. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into the next song. Like I said, I uh, failed to include anything off of four. So uh, this came out, um, I want to say in 97, if I remember correctly, I don't have my dates out currently. But uh, the song is called Touch. It's by Dave Grohl and Louise Post. And uh, we'll be back in just a few.
And we are back. That was Touch uh, by Dave Grohl and Louise Post off of the Touch soundtrack. Uh, the film with uh, Skeet Ulrich about a guy who has the ability to heal people, I think. Um, one of the kind of a 90s indie movie that uh, had come out. But um, anyway, regardless of failing to include their entire catalog in this program, um, it's still it's one of those fun things that uh, a lot of people maybe don't realize happened. So I'd rather share that at this point than the other. Um, but anyway, the next thing I wanted to talk about was something that uh, had come up. I want to say I was talking with the guys from 40 Going On 14, and we were just kind of chatting before recording. And uh, the whole concept of something that I've talked about um, ad nauseum in various formats is uh, entertainment impotence is what I call it. And basically what that is is that in this day and age with uh, streaming media and Kindle books and uh, the internet, there's just no limit to your how easy it is to, for you to access anything and everything, whether it's films, books, movies, music, if you want it, you can get it. And it, it long gone are the days, well, there's still people that do this, I should take that back. But uh, it used to be a time where if you wanted something, uh, you'd have to either find it, either a bootleg, or you'd have to scour the world um, and every record store and every bookstore and every film and video store to track down the things that you wanted to see that you read about in a magazine or that uh, somebody told you about at some point in passing. And nowadays it's everywhere. You can get anything you want at any moment and uh, that doesn't stop people from being collectors. Uh, case in point, being a bit of a completionist, I still like the idea of collecting things, as do many people. And, and people still, um, you know, love the thrill of the hunt, whether it's doing it through um, eBay or Amazon or whether it's actually physically going to um, stores and trying to track things down. People still love to try and go find things rather than just go to the Internet and download them from somewhere. But what this has led to, and I found this to be true with more than just myself, is that let's say you're at home, you're on your own, or you're with your best girl or best guy. Uh, you've got, you know, a, a thing of popcorn and you're like, hey, let's watch something. Okay, cool. You sit down, you turn on the TV, you pop up uh, Hulu or Netflix or Sling or uh, Amazon Prime or whatever it is. And you're like, okay, what are you going to watch? And you start clicking through the titles and all of a sudden you feel this kind of sense of, of over, being overwhelmed because everything you want to see is within arm's reach. And all you have to do is click a button and hit play. You're good to go. And, it, you know, there was a period when I think this was still kind of a thing, even when you went to the video store, where um, granted the selection was probably a little less than what it is now, because now um, not everything, but there's so many things available that it's it's just ridiculous. But uh, even then, you know, trying to find the, the perfect movie that you want to take home, if you don't have it in your mind before you go, what you want to see then you're going to end up with the same kind of scenario where you don't know what to watch and you end up with two or three different things and you don't want to watch any of them when you get home. Uh, it's the same kind of thing now, which is why I, I'm probably going to get sideways looks and have gotten sideways looks, is if I'm going to have a day where I'm going to sit down and watch movies, which I've kind of become notorious for, where I'll take a day off and I will set that day aside to do nothing but watch films the entire day. And on average, eight films is my uh, limit in, in a reasonable amount of time. So if I get up and start at eight and end at midnight, I can get eight films in pretty easily. As long as they're not, you know, super long films. If I get up at six, I can get nine in, which is my record for a day. But um, I've been known to spend entire weekends doing nothing but watching films. You know, watch eight, 16, 24, 32 films in a, uh, a sitting 
And that's my entire weekend. And to me, that's, that's a good thing. That's, you know, a recharge. That's my chance to kind of let somebody else entertain me for a while. But, um, if I don't sit down ahead of time, make a list of the things I want to watch. Um, and in my case, I'll even put them in the order that I want to watch them in, uh, with a little bit of wiggle room there. If my mood changes, then what I'll do is I'll spend a half an hour to an hour flipping through, trying to figure out with the limited time I have, what am I going to watch? And for me, my days are filled, um, whether it's by myself or whether it's through things for my kids or, you know, the various pets that live here, um, or, you know, doing things with friends or whatever, my days are from start to finish are, are filled. And so therefore at the end of the day, I've got an hour and a half, maybe two hours to commit to doing something that I want to do. That's all my own. So what happens is a lot of times if I don't have an idea of what I want to watch ahead of time, I sit down, I'm like, okay, I've got this much time. I don't want to waste it on something that is, is not going to be the perfect thing. I'll start flipping through. And at the more I go through, the more I start to get that overwhelming sense of dread that none of these things sound right. None of these things are going to be what I want. And I'm going to waste my hour and a half, two hours on something that uh, doesn't make me happy. So then an hour goes by and all of a sudden I have an hour left. Well, I don't have time to watch a movie anymore. So am I going to watch a TV show or am I going to watch nothing? And so if I don't plan ahead, then I end up wasting the time I have and end up feeling kind of guilty. And that's where that whole kind of entertainment impotence uh, philosophy comes in or, or, or thought process is that you become so overwhelmed by choices that you can't make a choice. And it's kind of like living with... Um, anxiety where it's like, okay, well, where do you want to go to eat? Well, I want to make sure I choose the right thing. Cause I don't go to eat very often. And it becomes this thing where all of a sudden you end up just staying home because you can't make a decision. Same kind of philosophy, um, as you know, somebody dealing with ED, uh, you know, you, you, you've got the motivation, got the desire, you've got the time in place, you've got the right people. And all of a sudden you can't, you just can't, you can't do it. And I know that's a terrible way to look at it, but it's it's very similar in terms of cause and effect. Um, one may be more of a biological cause, but this in this case, it's very much a, a mental sort of um, cause and effect. And it's unfortunate, and I've tried to find ways to combat it, primarily by keeping things at the front of the queue that are ones that I want to watch more than the things that are you know at the bottom. Um, or by kind of planning ahead and hoping that my mood doesn't change at the last minute or that my time doesn't dwindle. And so I don't have time to, to partake in whatever it is. Uh, cause you know, in some cases, some of the movies that are out there now or that are ones, especially the older ones, uh, like I was just, um, revisiting the idea of watching the sand pebbles, which is a, a Steve McQueen film with uh, Candace Bergen, which I watched, uh, when I was in Korea and at that point, I didn't have a lot of responsibilities. So if I sat down and watched a three-hour-plus movie, no big deal. But now, um, when I look at that, I'm like, I really want to watch that again. It was a great movie. I love the cast. I'm a big Candace Bergen fan. And it's like, when can I commit over three hours to a film? And then I think, okay, well, if I have a day off and I'm watching nothing but movies all day, there's an extra hour out of another movie that I'm not going to be able to watch. And Hollywood is kind of done a scientific research and realized that an hour and a half is really the perfect time signature for any one person to sit down and commit to a film. Uh, now Marvel's kind of thrown that on its head and decided that two hours is the perfect kind of number for their films. Um, 
but ideally an hour and a half. So I can figure if I budget two hours for one movie, that gives me time to go to the bathroom, set it up. Uh, you know, if I need to get food or whatever, it gives me a buffer. Um, so committing to a three hour movie is, is kind of difficult, but, um, anyway, it's one of those things that, uh, is definitely a first world kind of problem that, um, we've brought on upon ourselves by the introduction of streaming sites and, um, you know, the ability to download pretty much anything and everything. Cause somebody out there has what you want and has probably uploaded it to a site somewhere. So maybe my philosophy isn't quite as dumb as I thought. And maybe people shouldn't look at me sideways when I make a list of things I want to watch ahead of time. Cause maybe you'd end up not uh, sitting on the couch flipping through for an hour. See what I mean? All right. Let's go ahead and jump into the next song. Uh, this is, oh, I typed this in wrong. This is Number One Camera by Nina Gordon. I had typed in Veruca Salt, but it is not Veruca Salt. And uh, when we come back, we got more to talk about. So hang on, kids.
All right. And we are back. That was Number One Camera by Nina Gordon off of her solo album. And uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about this week um, comes from the First Church Podcasting, which um, they don't always have great things on there, but sometimes I'll see something and it'll, again, strike me and I'll throw it in here. And I really need to give them uh, some sort of like shout out somewhere to say thank you for uh, their insightful little bits of things that they throw up there, even though, again, their motives are different than what uh, they end up being on the show. But eh, they are there. So uh, the thing that I had seen, and this was probably three weeks ago now, but um, they had put up on the sign, it said, are you feeling anxious or peaceful? And that's an interesting dichotomy for me because being a, a, a sufferer of anxiety, uh, OCD, PTSD, depression, uh, I tend to feel anxiety the majority of the time. Some things kind of trigger to make it more so than others. But it is always a part of my life that um, I don't know if it ever goes away or whether I'm just stuck with it. But um, I'm dealing. I, I know how to cope with it. I know how to, to um, you know, live everyday life without having to uh, strap myself in a room and never show anybody my face. Um, which, you know, some people may be okay with that, but um, some people might be not. Uh, but it's one of those weird things where, for example, right now, I'm sitting in my house, got my dog next to me sound asleep. Um, it's just me. My kids are with my ex right now, and I'm recording a podcast. And right now, even though I'm anxious about, you know, things to come, things that have, have gone, um, I'm at peace because I'm doing something that I love. And it's kind of like in the last segment, you know, taking those days off where I sit and watch movies all day. Those are the days that I can check out put the anxiety in a drawer um, to, you know, pack it for lunch the next day and just be at peace. And I know some people may see that as those kind of days as a waste um, because I'm not out interacting. I'm not out in the world. I'm not out uh, doing things that normal people do, you know, going out on a boat or uh, going to hike in the woods or going to, you know, shop at the mall or going to see families, going to a water park, um, whatever things you may do out in the real world may look at that as being a negative. But for me, it's it's my my perfect day. The only thing that would make it better is if it was like 70 degrees and raining out would be ideal. Um, but those are the days when my anxiety gets to take a vacation and I can be at peace. And so it is possible, uh, even as an anxiety sufferer, to have both things happening at once. And that's where I think, you know, what they were going for, you know, is which are you, one or the other? Well, I mean, I think in any given day, everybody kind of goes back and forth between the two, whether it be um, job stress or, uh, you know, money stress or family stress or, uh, I don't know, illness of some sort. Uh, those types of things can make you anxious. So I think it's important to have the opposite things that make you feel okay, that make you feel level, that make you feel safe, that make you feel at peace with yourself and with the world. And whatever format that takes, um, I think it's important that everybody has those places to go when the anxiety becomes too much to deal with. Um, Because there's always going to be a lifetime available to you to feel anxious about everything that is going to cause anxiety and even the best of us. 
Um, but there's not enough of those times, not enough of those instances where you can really just relax and feel comfortable with who you are, uh, comfortable where you are in life and comfortable with um, things that, that make you who you are. And that's going to manifest itself in different ways for different people. Um, everybody's going to have their own happy place. And for me, um, I've inadvertently, uh, not intentionally, but inadvertently uh, created a living space, my home, um, that is very calming uh, and that is a very relaxing atmosphere. Now, occasionally, you know, if, if I've got the kids here and I'm worried about, you know, making sure they're fed and everything's done for the, you know, the next day at school or, you know, if I've got things that are planned with them, uh, you know, that anxiety will creep in. I can't help it. It's just part of my genetic mental makeup. Um, but I had a friend of mine, one of my best friends, oldest friends in the world, Barbara, come to visit uh, a few years ago. And um, the first thing she said when she came into my home was, she's like, you know, this has a very, it was almost like a, a feng shui kind of commentary, you know, that it, it, this, the house has a very relaxed vibe to it, has a very um, sedate feel, very calming, very soothing. I don't know what it is. I legitimately don't know what it is about my area that has that effect on people. Um, and I know I've had people tell me that, that I've made them feel very calm, very relaxed. I don't know why, since I'm kind of high strung in a lot of instances, but um, I, I get where they're coming from. Cause I know with my daughter, um, ever since she was born, she has a weird effect that uh, uh, if I'm sitting next to her and I think it probably stems from when she was a baby and I used to hold her um, and at that period in time, I was dealing with a lot of stuff, which, um, you know, she was kind of a, a calm in that storm that when I'd hold her, I would get very relaxed, very peaceful and um, would tend to fall asleep. Um, not all the time, but it was much easier. It would happen more often than not. And even now at, at 15, if she's sitting next to me and uh, we're watching a movie or she's showing me some artwork or something, and, um, you know, I sit there too long. I start, I start to get that same feeling where I just, you know, become very relaxed and I just want to go to sleep um, or I just want to kind of not do anything. And so I get when people say that where they're coming from, but I don't always understand why. And especially in something like this where I'm not intentionally, I didn't lay the house out. The house design was done by some architect in some architecture firm. Um, the things that are in the house, some of them are mine. Some of them, you know, were, um, ideas that were put in by my ex. Uh, some of them are things that I've done, you know, post-divorce. And so I don't know, I wish I knew, but, um, there are days when I come home and everything from the rest of the day just kind of melts away. Uh, I think because it's my space, it's my, my, um, my home base. So whether you're feeling anxious or peaceful, there's a place for both things and you just have to figure out how to um, moderate the two so that you can have that time when you are relaxed and in the zone and you can kind of take that anxiety and stick it in your pocket for a while. So let's go ahead and jump into the next song. Uh, kind of an odd transition, but uh, this was uh, off of the first Louise Post solo album. That's uh, called Born Entertainer. And like I said, this will kind of some summarize uh, the feelings that were being had between the two ladies when they split. But this is Veruca Salt, and uh, when we come back, we'll close out the show. Mm -hmm. 
and we are back. That was Ruka Salt with Born Entertainer. Now you understand. Um, so this has been episode 222 of the Sunshine Happy Pants Hour. Thank you for joining me. It might be a slightly shorter show. Um, I was incredibly nervous that my microphone was going to start doing what it was doing uh, last week. And I'm sincerely hoping that uh, I figured out the secret and going forward will be okay. But um, anyway, you can find me on Facebook.com. Just look up the Sunshine Happy Pants Hour. That's K-P-A-N-T-S. Uh, shoot me an email at joelhappypants at gmail.com. Uh, find me occasionally on Twitter at joelhappypants. This show is available every other week or so on iTunes, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Google Podcasts, PodDirectory.com, Google Podcasts, I already said, and PodcastCollective.com as well. Uh, check out 40 Going On 14, available at 40Go14.com, iTunes, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Blueberry, streaming Saturdays at noon on Geek Life Radio, as well as on Google Podcasts and PodcastCollective.com. Find us on Facebook. Um, send us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com. 708 now wrap. That's 708-669-9727 if you'd like to leave us a voicemail. Or on Twitter at 40go14. Uh, check out the archives for the Coffin Joe cast uh, with Kayla Wilba. You can find that on iTunes, TalkShoe, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts, and PodcastCollective.com. Send us an email at coffinjoecast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook. Or send us a voicemail at 661-434-5956 at 661-434-KWJO. Uh, check out the CreeperCast at CreeperCast.com if you like horror movies. Uh, that is your daily horror diet uh, that you need to ingest. I've got a whole slate of movie reviews that I need to get done. I'm hoping to work on some tonight once I'm done here. Um, that is on the agenda. I need to have a work day again because I am severely behind. But um, anyway, <laughs> go check that out. All the music this week is provided to us by the artists themselves. If you like what you hear, please purchase it directly from the artist. Or um, if you're in Illinois on Oak Park Avenue, stop. I'm sorry, on Harrison Avenue in Oak Park, Illinois, stop by Val's Hello Records. Tell Val and Shane I said hello. Um, or if you have a local record store in your state, uh, please go and give them your business. Uh, last but not least, uh, my blog, A Momentary Lapse with Joel.blogspot.com. That is the first place that is updated as soon as the show is available, as well as full track list for the show and a streaming player uh, through the site that you can listen to the show directly there. Um, and last but not least, Gregory the Really Angry Robot, my defunct comic strip. Head over to Facebook, look up Gregory the Really Angry Robot, like the page, and uh, check out the archives. The last song we're going to hear is um, the most recent uh, release from Brug Assault uh, from Ghost Notes. The song is called Eyes on You, which I'm fairly certain is about Louise's, Louise Post's child. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, if you listen to the lyrics, that's kind of what it sounds like. But anyway, um, remember to find your happy place, kids, because there's enough other stuff going on in this world that we got to take a break every once in a while. Love you guys. See you soon. Banana's fantastic. It tastes so real. Try some more. The strawberries taste like strawberries. The snozberries taste like snozberries. Snozberries? Who ever heard of a snozberry? We are the music makers. And we are the dreamers of dreams. I'm falling away. At daybreak and I've got my eyes on you. Heart attack that opened my eyes to you. Wait, don't cry.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.